Hello and welcome to Casual Conversations hosted by a mediocre person. The only show on the internet that asks the big questions such as how good was David Tennant actually as the Doctor as well as how many dicks do I need to suck to get him back to playing that role. Uh, Joining me on our first show tonight uh, is me. My name is Mr. Mediocre and I'm going to be the host for this podcast and joining me for today's very special pilot episode is a good friend and colleague Thomas Moore. Hello Thomas. Uh, Hello hello, Mr. Mediocre. It's brilliant to be here. And um, I can't wait to start talking about how many dicks you need to suck <laughs> for David Tennant to become the Doctor Who again. So, uh, the reason I bring this up, uh, Thomas, thank you for that, uh, is due to the fact that uh, at the time of this recording, there was an article that came out recently about... On the internet. So on the internet. Lies. Lies already. About uh, the most popular doctors uh, in ascending order. And at the very top was, in fact... David Tennant. David Tennant, David Tennant. So this poll uh, only lasted about a week, actually. I've got some details on it here for you. So the first article that RadioTimes.com let um, loose on the internet asking and promoting people and encouraging them to vote in this poll was the 10th of September 2020, and they released the poll information on the 20th of September, so about a week plus three days for them to count. It had 50,000 votes. While you are pleased about the David Tennant being at the top, and and I'm I'm less pleased, not not annoyed, just less pleased. The thing that we need to think about, right, is that Jodie Whittaker is number two. Yeah, and the rest of Doctor Who <laughs> is down below her. So <laughs> I love your phrasing of that. It's just Jodie Whittaker and everyone else. <laughs> well, it's not just Jodie Whittaker and everyone else, though. So they uh, out of fifty thousand votes. David Tennant got uh, 10,518. Which is not enough. Which is 21%. Yeah, not enough. Jodie Whittaker got 10,423, which is also about 21%. The next one under her is Peter Capaldi with 8,897, 18%. So there is a massive drop. So there's just about 100 or so in between David Tennant and Jodie Whittaker. And we're talking thousands between Jodie Whittaker and Peter Capaldi. And it just goes descending from there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you know, this is this is the question. Really, is what happened? I mean, is, the, is Jody- my my big drive um, for bringing this topic up and and to make sure that it's today's the very first special episode is the fact that this fits perfectly in my agenda <laughs> that David Tennant and all of his series are the best, and I've been arguing this ever since we sort of became friends. And there was a time when you were like, no, it's Tom Baker. And then once Peter Capaldi came into the picture, you were like, no, it's Peter Capaldi. I, and I, I, think, I still think Peter Capaldi is my favourite Doctor. I, I don't have anything against David Tennant. But um, how, how would I put this? I think he suffers. It's his fans that I don't like. Oh, <laughs> wow. Standing it's right one of those mate. things. It's one of those things. You know, like when um, Frozen was really, really popular. Yeah. And 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 um, you know, it became cool to hate on it. it was like, oh, I'd let it go. It's only got four chords and all <laughs> that. And you know, like you ask people, well, 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 what is it about Frozen that you don't like? And they'll say, oh, well, I, you know, it's overrated. And, and you know, it's not the first Disney film to have done something about sisters. It's Leela and Stitch. You know, it's it's overrated. I'm like, well. When, when you know, John Lasseter and Disney sat down and thought, right, let's do the Snow Queen by Hank Christian Anderson. Right, how do we do this? We want a, a song. We want, we want you know, Indina Menzel and Kristen Bell to do the voices. 
And you know what? Let's set out to make it overrated. Like it's not something <laughs> a production is in control of. So uh, I have huge respect for Russell D. Davis and David Tennant. Mm. Um, but I think the people that like David Tennant seem to have liked a different show than I have. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing as well is the problem with that survey is it doesn't tell us why they like these particular doctors. It was purely about who was your favourite in what order, pretty much. Mm. So my big thing, and I wanted to record this because we have argued on countless times about why I believe David Tennant is the best and you have argued why you believe Capaldi and everyone else is better than David Tennant. <laughs> so, well, ha, 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 ha. Like, I just want to, just want to, like, so I'm not making a, a, a bridge from my back here. I'm not defending Colin Baker or Paul McGann or things like that. It's, it's, it's purely, so it's not that I think, you know, out of the list of 13 doctors, mm. David Tennant should be low, belong number 13. I am surprised that Peter Davison is 13, actually. That's mm. quite, it's an interesting list. He was uh, Mr. Celery. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's David Tennant's father-in-law. Oh shit, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's um, Georgia Moffat. Is, yeah. So Peter Davison's name is Peter Moffat. But he just had to change it for equity, right? Uh, to Peter Davison, and the same reason that David Tennant's real name is David Macdonald, but there's already another David Macdonald on the equity books. So in, when you become an actor and you sign up to Equity, mm. which is basically their their union, uh, you can't have the same name as a, someone else on their books because you know it's it's their brand, it's their mm. name. Uh, so. Uh, Georgia Moffat uh, is the blonde, gorgeous uh, actress playing the Doctor's daughter in mm-hmm. the episode The Doctor's Daughter. Yeah, who is actually his wife. Yeah. So so David Tennant is the son-in-law of Peter Davison. Peter Davison is David Tennant's father-in-law. And so we have at the top here is number one, David Tennant, <laughs> Peter Davison's son-in-law. Number 13... Peter Davison, David Tennant's father-in-law, <laughs> and in between them is every single other doctor. Yeah. That is going to make for an awkward dinner. <laughs> but that's, that is a really good question, though, is like the older ones are clearly going to be at the very bottom because a lot of the people nowadays who's watching Doctor Who probably are not like you, who <laughs> is like a Doctor Who savant, some sort of god who believes in all of the Doctor Who's well, and see, sort of see, I, I found, done a lot of I found Doctor Who before it came back. Yeah, but you so, were also introduced so. to it at a young age. Your parents introduced it to you, like you did with me, except not quite as religiously as you. <laughs> um, yeah, I think so. I think what this really shows is is the ages of doing RadioTimes.com uh, surveys. RadioTimes.com in years past has put uh, the seasons against each other. Mm. I think that was the one that I was involved in. Uh, this one passed me by, so I did not get to defend Peter Capaldi and make him number one. I would also say that it might not necessarily be a favourite doctor, as it is more just a favourite actor as a big thing, because David Tennant is much more well-known in comparison to all the others. I think, um, well, see, David Tennant became the doctor at precisely the right time, and he's had the best career Mm. afterwards out of all of them. Um, Not saying that they haven't had great careers after I mean Peter Davison is at the bottom here but he's n- never been out of work since he was being in The Doctor he had yeah. two other roles at the same time as being The Doctor um, it's just David Tennant has had a much more successful trajectory uh, because he had another hit in Broadchurch mm. uh, now he's had failures after after uh, Doctor Who he went to America 
to do to break into America, and he did a pilot called Rex is Not Your Lawyer, which if you look on YouTube, you can see him trying out his prototype American accent. Gross. Uh, but that bombed. That didn't work. So he, he came back. Uh, he played a few villain roles. He was in Jessica Jones. Yeah, he was the main guy from that. Yeah, mm-hmm. so um, Kilgrave. So he's had success, um, and he's been in British films, um, like St. Trinian's 2 and mm. things like that. So, you know, he's had success. I mean, Peter Capaldi has also had great success. Peter well, Ca- yeah, he, that's how he got into Doctor Who, was the fact was that he was around. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. He was, he was um, Malcolm Tucker in The Thick of It, and, and mm. he was also in the Paddington films. So, I mean, they've done all right, but in terms of uh, charisma, in terms of brand power, David Tennant... Has, has has lasted. Mm. Um, and keeping up the, the train of David Tennant praise, I also think that the best companion was also to do with David Tennant, and that's Donna. The the fourth season... Yes, Catherine Tate. Catherine, Tate. Catherine Tate, yes. yes 2008. the best season in all of Doctor Who. Right, well, shall we do this? So... I've brought with Thomas me. and his fucking like homework research over here. Well, I knew I knew you'd be asking me about about this, and I want they didn't want RadioTimes.com to be the final say, so I've brought with me several Doctor Who magazines and here's polls. why I think Donna Noble is the best. Uh, yeah, you, you do that because I need to find my page. <laughs> Good. Um, it was always about the fact that it, she was meant for greatness. He'd always built it up in all of the other companions, that Donna was going to be the one that makes it. She was going to be the one that sort of comes out on top. Because you look at the other ones that we'd seen with the Doctor Who reboot, you know, you look at Rose. It was all glorified, but there was always elements of darkness behind, you know, the first season with Bad Wolf. And even with the second one, where it's her and David, you could see them sort of becoming romantically involved in things. But that's just never been the Doctor's sort of way. And I also think that Rose is an absolute garbage companion to be <laughs> Um And then you move on to the next one. You've got Martha, and the Doctor was always gung-ho about Rose still. Yes. I mean, this is this is sort of set Martha up for failure, is that she was defined mm. by being not Rose. Yeah. And it, it was very much a case of no matter what she did with the Doctor, it was never as good as Rose. But here's also the thing about Fucking the... Rebounds. Um, Billy Piper's character and Catherine Tate's character is is in, in contrast with Freema Agumon's Martha, is that Rose Tyler is a soap character. She is a main character from a soap. She lives in a council flat. She has like a, a mum that just got issues. Her dad's dead. Her boyfriend is rubbish. It's not really a boyfriend. You know, we, you know that's complicated. Um, she is a soap character who gets brought into the Doctor Who world. Catherine Tate is a Catherine Tate sketch character <laughs> from the Catherine Tate show who has suddenly found herself inside Doctor Who. Martha was always meant to be a good Doctor Who companion. So mm. if you look at those Torchwood episodes where Martha comes into Torchwood and she's hyper-capable and sexy, she fits with the Torchwood aesthetic, but there's nothing to her that makes it interesting that it's Martha beyond the fact that it's a Doctor Who companion in Torchwood. Yeah. It'd be a much more interesting arc if it was Rose or Donna because they're, they're, they're part of their genre signifiers will be clashing with the sci-fi of Torchwood. And that's yeah. how they worked in Doctor Who. I, I just couldn't get behind Martha as a whole. Just she, Everything about her was the fact that you could see that she was trying really hard to impress the Doctor to be on the same level see, as see, the this Doctor. See, is, this is where I think that failed. the people that 
like David Tennant's Doctor, were watching a different Doctor to the one I was watching, because David Tennant's Doctor is quite unlikable. He is arrogant, he is rude, he's witty and charming, but he gets angry quite easily. But that was his gimmick. That was he, always he, his gimmick about the nice guy turned bad. Well, he's, he's, he's that Naughty's male hero, he's, you know, <laughs> He's an extension of Angel, you know, and and, and between Angel... Not quite as buff, but sure. Not quite. <laughs> well, no, no, no. He's, it's Angel played by a weedy Scottish boy from Paisley. <laughs> but, um, you know, and it's, it, it's you know, it's a sort of... Between Angel and Christian Bale's Batman is the 10th Doctor. He's that sort of male sci-fi genre character. I can see that. Yeah, it was very action-packed. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and I mean, if, you, if we look at those episodes again and we look at how David Tennant's Doctor reacts to the trauma of the Time War. There is no connection between genuine PTSD experiences. Oh, no, but it, 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 it was is... never meant to be, like, that scarred. Because don't forget, even in the 50th episode, he's classed as the man who regrets. He's not so much I... scarred, but he just regrets. I think if we were to... If, if you were to do the Time War story again, you would treat the PTSD side of the character. Maybe, but I wouldn't enjoy that. See, well, I think that's why you wouldn't do it. But I think I think this the, the, the David Tennant angst is is part of the male character yeah. you know, sort of struggle. You know, like, oh there's pain inside me. But that's also a part of his charm though. Was uh, the fact that he fucking was fucking fist me up, I'll be honest. <laughs> Did you say fist you? No. <laughs> oh pissed you. Sorry, I just heard fist you off. I was like, oh, that's a different conversation. Um but no no, because no, that that was the thing, is that's what he made him very charismatic was the fact that he was willing to show weakness when he needed to. Because no matter how dark and brooding some of these characters are, if they're nah. able to show weakness to some degree, it makes them like Forgive what what made David Tennant charismatic is that the show became oh isn't it isn't David Tennant brilliant and it worked because they were right. <laughs> uh, if you if you contrast uh, series one two thousand five yeah. with Christopher Eccleston, the show is keeping the Doctor slightly detached. The Doctor is slightly detached. From, yeah, of from, course. From us. The Christmas Invasion with David Tennant's first episode is entirely building up, you building up anticipation of you wanting to see the new Doctor. Especially the dark side of the Doctor, because uh, that was a big just, thing. Just the Doctor. I mean, he spends the first part of the episode unconscious, right? Remember? Well, first, like, two-thirds, two-thirds of it. And then he, you know, yeah. he pops up for the TARDIS and he goes, did you miss me? Yeah. And, 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 you know, and then, he, you know, he starts... Then he just does Doctor things and it's a happy ever after. And it's it's it's, it's quite a great scene, actually. We should, we should it insert is. a scene into this podcast where he goes, you know, sort of, like, tell me, seriously, am I ginger? <laughs> oh, I've never been ginger before. Oh. <laughs> the the you, almighty you, gag. You, Rose Tyler, you, fat lot of these you, you gave up on me. <laughs> is that why I am now? Rude and not ginger. Yeah, no, that was good. I, but that also, like, I want to be a ginger. Like, that, that's been a fucking running meme for, like, uh, Did you know, did you know, in 2010, years. when uh, uh, David Tennant regenerated into Matt Smith, the BBC got complaints because one of da- uh, Matt Smith's lines was he was looking at his hair colour and I'm going... still not ginger. Still not. And uh, people rang up complaining that it was gingerphobic. <laughs> gingerphobic? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to know the episode I got the most complaints? Seeing as we're talking about this, the episode I got the oh, most no. complaints from it, Ofcom. In general, or...? Uh, it's, it's a recent one. It's Peter Capaldi's first episode. 
He did a couple in his first episode. Yeah, that, there was a lot of complaints about the fact that the, the climax features a hot air balloon made out of human skin. Yeah. And that was that was a line for some people. That was the that line. Was, that was that was a fantasy series based on time travel <laughs> and like the season prior they went and hit Hitler with a TARDIS, but this is the <laughs> line. Oh, uh, you know, in fairness, in fairness, haven't you know a hot air? I don't agree with him at all. I think it's fantastic. I think kids would have loved it. Yeah, um, I think it's, 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 it's people um, worrying about uh, oh, the, what think about of the children? children. Think of the children. So anyway, I found the page. So you were saying that the so we're going to go back uh, to two thousand and nine when there were two hundred Doctor Who stories. Yep, uh, two hundred story being Planet of the Dead. The Easter special, yes. Uh, um, Doctor Who magazine. Now this is a poll of favorite stories. Right, so okay. they won't ask their favorite doctors. They were. It's not in this issue. Um, so their favorite stories. But what we do have is a list of average scores by Doctor. So they've taken all the favorite stories mm. and they've worked out which Doctor has the most favorite stories. Okay. Alright, so it's out of ten. So we'll go from the bottom. In tenth place is Colin Baker, the sixth Oof. doctor. Yeah. Which, you know, is, is we should expect that. I'm actually surprised in the Radio Times one that he is not last because he's not a very popular doctor. He was real angry. I remember that about him. Mm. He's just angry a lot. Yeah. I think him being some people's favourite doctor has to do with the fact of his big finish audio adventures. Mm. He's much he's a bit different doctor. On audio. Okay. He's much more mellowed out. I think uh, being an old man now probably also does that. I think... Probably can't get into as many fist fights. I think not being written by wankers is part (laughs) of that. (laughs) Eric Sayward, who was scripted at the time, was a nihilist. Mm. Um, You don't want a nihilist running Doctor Who. Doctor Who is an optimistic show, ultimately. Yeah, tell that to bloody... What's his name? He's running Capaldi... Not Capaldi. Bloody Whittaker's stuff now. Uh, well, it's still optimistic shows. Oh, no, it's, 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 it's <laughs> All right, cool. We'll set the argument for later. All right, number <laughs> nine. Number nine. Number nine is Sylvester McCoy, the seventh Doctor. Mm-hmm. Eight is Paul McGann. So I just want to make that clear to you, Ian. Right? People think that Colin Baker and Sylvester McCoy have worse, worse stories than the, than the, the film. American film one. Yeah. Oof. That is rough. So at number seven, slightly better faring than the the American film, William Hartnell. Aww. Peter Davison at number six. Oh. Halfway, number five, Patrick Troughton. Uh, he's, got, he's got a good fan face, Patrick Troughton. So a lot of people think that. Back doc- in the day, he did, yeah. Uh, oh, still now, still now. I think in terms he's still of. alive. Oh, he's not alive, no, no. But he's, he's, he's fans of his doctor. There's people that right, think. Right, okay. But there's yes, people yes. that think that, see, like, you know, Doctor Who peaked at 1968. Um. Number four, Tom Baker. I know number four is John Pertwee. Number yeah. three is Tom Baker. Yep, yep. I can see Two, that. Two, David Tennant. One, Christopher Eccleston. Wow. So what we've got here is basically Christopher Eccleston doing one series uh, with several popular but, stories. But that, you said two thousand and nine, right? Yeah, I mean, it stops. So that time. was. So there's no match. That Smith, was no yeah. That was David Tennant's third season. Uh, this was the year of the specials. So that was the last. So that was after he did all of his stuff because I remember the Don and Noble ones. Two thousand eight. I, I that was don't the last think Waters yeah. of Mars or End of Time would have changed it. 
I think, I think... No, but yeah, he had three seasons and people disliked him less than Eccleston. Oh, fuck those guys, man. Oh, like... No, 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 because no, this is the average score based on these stories, not him as a doctor. So in this poll, so this is a poll of to work out the best Doctor Who story. Yeah, but even then, like, from your memory, what do you think was the best Christopher Eccleston story in that case? Ooh, in your opinion? In my opinion. I'm just tempted to look at the magazine and tell you what it was. No, I want your fucking opinion. Uh, oh, see, because that, that series is filled with great episodes. Um, I think, like, the, you know, the Dalek, the single Dalek is a great one. Mm. Father's Day had me in tears. It was the first episode <laughs> of Doctor Who that made me cry. I remember what I was like ten or so watching it, Aww. and it just destroyed me. And I ran away from the lounge room and hid in the wardrobe. <laughs> it was so distressing. And you've never come out of the closet since. <laughs> uh, when I did, I was dressed really well. <laughs> um, the Empty Child, Doctor Dancers, mm-hmm. is a, is a great story. And then and then I think that that the first season finale. Is is a great season finale because we've never had a Doctor Who season. We never had a Doctor Who season finale in the style of Buffy, yeah, finale, with the big bad and everything. And it delivered. Those Dalek ship designs are based on Dalek to nineteen sixties comics. Like, it, yeah. So it was, you know, just a a dream come a nightmare come true. Yeah, to, to the fans. So I think if you look at though Christopher Eccleston's first year, well, his only year, um, no, lightweight. Um, he doesn't have that many duds. I think Boomtown is probably the only clear one that you could say. And even then, yeah. it's got some fans. It's just a different style of... Whereas David Tennant had uh, Love and Monsters, mm. Fear Her, 42, written by Chris Chivnall. Mm. Uh People weren't a massive fan of a lot of uh, season three. The Sontaran episode, for instance, The Daleks in New York wasn't a very popular episode. No. You know, um, some of his Christmas specials were considered lightweight. So for as many classics as, he, as he's got, he doesn't... Christopher Eccleston will come out as a doctor with the better stories in this poll. Nah, nah, I I disagree. No, I think... I, I mean, what? I, I think this is statistics. I think this, this is... Oh, fuck the statistics. <laughs> it, does, it doesn't fit my agenda, therefore I... These are like... facts. Christopher Eccleston had better stories. You want no. to actually? I'll flick through. I'll find out what it is. Uh, what I liked, uh, the I best liked Christopher Eccleston that, that story is bad. Some Wolf, of the, the stories that Eccleston did. All right, go on, you want to guess the um, David Tennant ones? Seeing as you love David Tennant, sure. All right, in the top ten, he has. Oh no, sorry, I was wrong. It's the Ender Child and Doctor Dance. So, Christopher Eccleston, best story. All right, cool. So, top ten, top ten in this 2009 poll. All right, for David Tennant stories, how many do you reckon there are? Top ten. Uh, so I think, based on what you said, I'm going to say at least three. At least three. You're close. You're close. Four. It's, it's two. No. <laughs> so what? It, it's got to be Blink. It has to be Blink. Blink, Blink was... is one of them. Blink Fuck is yeah. one of them. Yeah, Blink oh, is one of them. I'm going to retire because that was great. Uh, I don't know. Well, no, no, no. Blink is obvious. Blink is clearly one of David's. It is. It is. So here's the actual tricky question, um, Ian. Before Waters of Mars and End of Time, what is the second best David Tennant story? Well, in my opinion, uh, it would be the the Diamonds of... Oh, I know. Um, midnight. Yes, the Diamonds of Midnight. No, um, just Midnight. Just Midnight. Just yeah. Midnight. It's not on. It's not the one here. What is it? What is it? Uh, shall I do a countdown of the ten... 
2009 favorite stories. We'll do a count. Yeah, but if it's not David Tennant, why would I want to? No, uh, because because there's more to Doctor Who than just David Tennant. That's right. That's no. Right. Right. In ten, actually, tell you what, you've Jesus, got, turn it down. I got excited. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. The person on the bus listening to this, uh, the person next to you could hear everything. So okay, go through the top ten. Uh, you, you tell you what, you do the numbers, and I'll do the, the names. Number ten, Bad Wolven, Parting of the Ways. Number nine, The Robots of Death. Number eight, City of Death. Number seven. Oh, ow, that hurt me. Pyramids of Mars. Yeah. Number six. All right, this is the David Tennant one. You ready? Yep. Human nature and the family of blood. You can't pull that. You can't pull that face and go. That was terrible. I've you just been seeing the praises of David Tennant. No, stuff. no, but that's that a episode, genius those, episode. That two-parter. This is a brilliant thing, right? See, this is this the is the top thing. two like, David Tennant episodes. Are David Tennant not playing the Doctor very much? It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's when he's gritty. That's the thing. It's when he's gritty. Because don't forget, at the end of the family of whatever the fuck they're called, I don't, I don't think this is at like the end of really the family. No, no, it is because don't forget he he plays it's, it's a fairy tale gritty, not the Dark Knight. Gritty. Yes, but he, he plays a simpleton. He lives a simple <laughs> happy life. But then at the end I, of I, it, I don't know that that's when he goes the, back the to being the Doctor, he's unhappy. Of simpleton. Yeah, I do. Uh, but he goes back to being the Doctor, and he's unhappy. You see the fact that he has to sacrifice people. He has to sacrifice his own happiness to do others. And that's David Tennant's whole gimmick is giving up his own happiness for others. And especially when we talked about his pretty Christmas happy episode. in many other episodes. But you see him, remember at the Christmas episode, Which where one? at the very end... What? Which one? The first one. The one we were just oh, talking about. Oh, the Christmas about. invasion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you see him being the happy-go-lucky guy, and then when he's against the uh, Rashna Ra, Harriet Jones, Sycorax, the Sycorax, thank you. Um, he turns. He suddenly has that flip, and yes, he goes into no the darkness. And, that and that's what happens with him and the family: is he keeps them alive, but he tortures them for the rest of eternity. What a lovely children's hero. I know, right? No, damn it! I'm angry about a hot air balloon made of skin. <laughs> Um, I, I, I think uh, this is not an interpretation of the Tenth Doctor that we're getting. I'd say this is the thing that actually this is why he's not really my favorite. I enjoy David Tennant, but he's not really my favorite because I don't enjoy the angst in it. I think that's cheap. I don't think it's layered. No, I, th- I, I think it's it's David Tennant in the rain being upset, which is mm. you know laughable. Oh right. fuck off, Tom! It is that is, la- it's, that is the saddest fucking scene in one of all of Doctor Who. Well, it didn't have to be said. It could just let Donna die. All right, so this is it, right? Okay. We are doing this. We are doing this. All right. So, do not resuscitate. You know what that is? Do yes. Do not. Yeah, right, right. Where if someone um, is, you know, teetering on the edge and yep. they don't want to be revived, they have a do not de- do not resuscitate. DNR. DNR. Yep. Right. So, in that episode with Catherine Tate and, and Donna Noble, and she becomes a Dr. Donna. Yes. She's getting all these experiences and all this knowledge, but it's going to kill her. Yeah. She asked the doctor to just leave it, to let her it's die. It's either that or die, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She actually asked to die. Yeah. She, and the doctor doesn't. The doctor's not listening to her wishes there. You know, he, 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 he reduces. He's the one responsible for Donna Noble losing her memories. In uh, a sense... In in a sense, he does it. He does it. He does the whole hand wave thing. Yeah, but he also like saves her though. Yeah, but she didn't want to be saved. She wanted to die. Yeah, but the reason that she, I think in her mind, well, she doesn't really die. She realizes that the memories have to be taken away 
in order but for But she her. doesn't want the memories to be taken away. Yeah, but, like, that's why the Doctor was like, if you want to live, I'll have to do this. But... It but she also, doesn't want to live. But it also means that if he removes the memories, then she won't be in pain anymore. Yeah, but she wanted. To, she didn't want to lose the memories. She was more than willing to die. So you know, she had, in a sense, a DNR. She did not consent to the memory wipe. Yeah, but David Tennant doesn't let people die. That's the thing. His whole gimmick. It, look at Andros. Andros. Davros. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know why I said Andros for a second. Uh, this isn't Star Fox. Um, you look at Davros. And he keeps him alive. Uh, he doesn't like, try very hard. He's like at the Tardis door going, come on. And Nerva's like, no. And then you know, it's tough but on he, the But he didn't have to offer his hand. No, that, I think that that's not, that's, the thing is, is not the doctor letting people live. It's it's the that David, the, you know, the doctor did not listen to his friend's request. So, you know, this this is it, this is it. People take, take, keep talking about the 10th doctor as there's a great doctor, and he is a good, interesting doctor, but I think he's a terrible person. He's a he's a nasty doctor. He's an emotional, mood swinging, you know, sort of narcissistic, arrogant doctor. But if you look at him with the childlike essence of a hopeful individual, Thomas, a young person. Yeah, he's hopeful. He's, he's hopeful, but he's, he's also he's also a fairly disruptive, nasty human being. No. This is the this is the thing about the end of time, right? You've got Rassilon, you've got Wilf, you've got the Master, you've got the Doctor. You've got four old men who do not want to die, <laughs> and only one of them is particularly likable, and it's Will. <laughs> it is, it and is. it's deliberately so. I think this this is this is it. I think David Tennant's Doctor is meant to be kept at a sort of distance. So it's meant to be fun watching David Tennant play the Tenth Doctor. And it is. And there's mm. lots of moments where it, the scenes just created for the fun of watching David Tennant be yeah. the Tenth Doctor. Like the one that comes to mind is where he's poisoned in the Agatha Christie episode. Yes. And, and he, he has like, like have to do to ride. Yeah. And it's like, I need salt, salt. What about salt? That's too salty. <laughs> That's too salty. Like, um, how is Harvey Warbring a one word? Um, you know, and, and there's all those sort of fun moments. I mean, even in the end of time, he comes out wearing, you know, like a pink flower necklace and hat and sunglasses. Yeah. And he locks the card TARDIS door with a bloop, bloop. Yeah, yeah, casting, you know. So there's there's moments where it's just fun watching every tenant, but the tenth doctor as a character is meant to kept be kept at a distance. The show offers enough critiques of the doctor as the man that turns people into weapons that you need to keep him at a distance. So I this is when he ends up number one on the list of favourite doctors, I'm like, no, hang on, hang on, hang on. You've misinterpreted that. You, you know, you, David Tennant, great actor, great actor, but his doctor should not be at your favourite. His doctor is someone you should keep okay. a distance it, from. With that said, then shall we do the shall we do the remaining five? No, for the I don't one care. person that's interested. I don't care. Do you want to know where Blink came? <sighs> you do. You do. All right, all right, all right. Fuck. So, so five places left. Alright, God, if it's five, I'm gonna be so mad at you right now. <laughs> it means that number this... five. The Empty Child of Dr. Dancers. Okay. Uh, number four. The Talons of Wang Chiang. Number three. Genesis of the Daleks. Number two? Blink. <laughs> oh, so close. <laughs> What's number one, then? Number one. The Caves of Androzani. Which one's that one? That is Peter Davison's last one, and according uh. to the Radio Times. Maybe that's why Caves of Androzani is so popular, actually. It's Peter yeah. Davison dying. Yeah. <laughs> 
I hate this doctor. Actually, he was pretty not very popular in the 80s, actually. Really? A lot of people thought he was bland. Ah, okay. But that also is, similar to what we were saying beforehand, the reflection of the changing of times of the people doing it nowadays are a lot younger and a lot more with it. Because Uh, if you look, again, like the people who grew up the same like us, for example, who watched David Tennant during our teenage years, mm. for example... And then if we were to say, I don't know, work at the BBC or anything like that, <laughs> if we were to do the new age stuff, it makes sense why uh, Jodie Whittaker is number like, two. don't like the phrase new age. Um, I, think, I think there's plenty of other demographics at play in Doctor Who fandom. There are plenty of people who were in the, our age in the 90s collecting novels and on the internet and things like yeah, that. Yeah, but... So, but it's about popularity. I think, I think the difference, it's about popularity. I think though. it's popularity in those demographics. So I think younger people definitely voted in the Radio Times part. I mean, the top five, with the exception of Tom Baker, are all new series exactly. doctors. So we go to 2013. I don't. So here's we are, a question. Yeah, we we're going to 2013. We're going to 2013. 50th anniversary. Oh, actually, this is published 2014, but the poll was conducted in 2013. Um Favourite Doctor. So there's 12 of them. At uh, that point, d- yeah. At this point. So John Hurt is at the bottom, number 12. Mm-hmm. 11, Colin Baker. Still, yeah, yeah. 10, Paul McGann. Oh, it's got down a bit. Oh, it's about the same. Yeah. 9, William Hartnell. 8, mm-hmm. Christopher Eccleston. This is where it gets a bit interesting compared to the RadioTimes.com poll. 7, Sylvester McCoy. Oh. 6, Peter Davison. Five, John Pertwee. Four, Patrick Troughton. Mm. All right, you want to guess the last three? Just do it. All right, number three, David Tennant. Oh, I don't like that. That that makes me an unhappy chappy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Two, Matt Smith, and one, Tom Baker. So, obviously, this is the thing, right? 2013, Doctor Who magazine, as opposed to RadioTimes.com, much more wider demographic. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And the anniversary here, a lot more nostalgic. Yes. You want to do the top ten for the... No, just <laughs> stop giving me the fucking list, Thomas. Um, so we've spoken about how, for me, my favourite is David Tennant. Yes. For you, yours is Peter Capaldi. Why Capaldi? I think Peter Capaldi is... Um, not only a, a great actor, um, he's also a very different doctor in each of his three seasons. Um, you look at yeah, you think about you think about his first season, and he's very very abrasive. He he is yeah he you definitely see the way that he sort of neglects Clara <laughs> and the way that he treats her like a child at times. Um, and then in, in series nine, he's much more cuddly. In series ten, he's a sort of the, the you know a healthy balance of both, and then he dies. You don't see him very angry during that last season with Billy. Uh no, you don't. I mean, he's still still abrasive. I know he's not particularly grumpy, but he's still quite uh, abrasive, and he's still quite um. There's a bit where uh, at the end of the Monks trilogy, mm-hmm. um, where he talks about how human beings never learn, and Bill goes, Ah, well, it's part of our charm. Yes, no, it didn't. It's actually quite annoying, really. Yeah, but he's he's not as like because don't forget in this first two he was shouting all the time. His whole gimmick was like the granddad that's really pissed <laughs> off at you. Whereas like when he's with 
Billy, he's much more reserved. He's, 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 he's toned down. Yeah. Um, I think in terms of... See, it's not just Peter Capaldi. As, I think Peter Capaldi is... All right, so... Uh, all right, let's go back to David Tennant for a spell. Because this is... Please. Yes. Let's keep going to this. <laughs> because... Um, I just want to make clear that David Tennant's not my number one choice, but he's 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 he's, he's up there with my my favourite doctors. If you look at David Tennant and you look at Jodie Whittaker, mm. Jodie Whittaker is doing a David Tennant impersonation. Yes, the the fact that she's very ah, oh, I'd say she's more of a mix between Tennant and Smith because she's got a very like bubbliness, like playfulness, but then she turns dark when she needs to as well. But it's not very severe. That's the thing. Uh, but I think at the same time, Matt Smith is also influenced by David Tennant. I mean, so Matt Smith... His first season, definitely. Um, it's very childlike. He, he's in that mould of the young, handsome, uh, Stephen Moffat calls them good boyfriend doctors, which yes. is David Tennant and Matt Smith. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think in terms of the influence uh, that David Tennant has had, David Tennant is now what people look to at the Doctor. Mm. Uh, so in that sense, if you look at the classic series, it was Patrick Troughton. Um, Peter Davison and Colin Baker grew up with Patrick Troughton and they cite him as their favourite doctor. Um, John Pertwee wasn't doing a William Hartnell impersonation. Yeah. Then again, you know, he wasn't really doing a Patrick Troughton impersonation, but he was picking up where Troughton left, mm. which was the opposite side of Hartnell. And then Tom Baker was um, uh, Tom Baker. Yeah, yeah, he was good. <laughs> I don't think Tom Baker was actually really acting. Um, so, so I think if David Tennant, in, in in that sense, is a clear influence. So, you know, in in when Doctor Who is cancelled again, and when it comes back, the actor will be inspired by David Tennant. Yeah, and I think that is a a good telling as well. Because again, like, there's a lot of things which spun off from. Tenants as well within the later stuff. If you look at um, River, for example, the most... Can we just say, I thought mm. River was great. Yeah, Her First yeah. appearance when she first popped up, fantastic. All right, this is going to be one of those, but... And when she got in with Matt Smith, it was it was pretty good. It was this continuation of the thing. Um, and but... then when you see her getting with Capaldi <laughs> during the Christmas special, you're like, but this goes against the law this goes against everything what 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 do you mean against the law because (laughs) Stephen Moffat you are under arrest for breach of continuity (laughs) no you don't have to say anything but anything you do say will be on in the count oh shut up no because like in in that episode you mean law as in L-O-R-E yes as in like that law um because River when she when River meets Tennant it's just (laughs) a normal day for her Everything's fine. She doesn't know what's going to happen. Uh, no, she does. No, she doesn't. She does. No, she doesn't. Not until the very end. She does. She does. She does. Not until the very end. However. Well, it means that, you know, what, at the very end is that it, it's falling into place. That actually, yes, now she knows why yes. the Doctor was sad the last time that yes. they saw each other. But within the Capaldi one, <laughs> she already knows that she goes to the library and she dies. Ah. Because she's read through the books. She's done all of this. Okay. So it breaks this idea of her knowing what's going to happen versus not knowing, which was the beauty of the David Tennant one, <laughs> is 
he, like like you said beforehand, he was such a bastard in a sense that he didn't tell her what was going to happen. When it comes to David Tennant, they introduced River. River kept on going from Matt Smith, and it should have ended uh, with Matt Smith because uh, they never had that in between. The amount of times that they talk about this idea, the amount of times that they talk about how River and uh, Matt Smith had been hanging out together and going on adventures together outside of normal context, especially in the last season. Um, that was a big thing. And then when you see her at the graveside as well, like it, it's already been said and stuff that the they've had their final thing, they've had their final goodbye and all of that. And even then, like with the Capaldi one, she says, I've seen all of your faces. This is a new one. I've never seen this. <laughs> and it's like, Jesus fucking Christ. Um, I... I... Don't know why you get uh, upset about that as mu- as much as you do. You know that I like things making sense. I I like consistency. Then you're a fan like of the wrong series, Ian. You're know, a fan of the wrong series. No, I don't want it. You know what? You must have loved the timeless children. Like, yes, finally, uh, those uh, Morbius doctors from 1976 are explained. Yes. Yeah, oh, um, no. Okay, it's been a while since I've seen the David Tennant River Song episodes. Um, but uh, there's also a Matt Smith DVD special where the river and the doctor are going to go on a date to the singing towers of delirium. Uh, but that gets um, lampshaded in the Capaldi episode where she, you know she said yeah. that she always kept finding reasons to delay it. I think what we have here is rather than sort of the script edited, every line is gospel. A continuity version. We have more of a sort of public consciousness version of the River Song story, so the general public knows that River Song's stories happen out of order. Uh, they so they know they might not know the full details, but um, you know David Tennant was very very popular, and that's when she first appeared. So I'm sure they connected it to to David Tennant, but at the same time, I think also. Her final episode before that was The Name of the Doctor, mm. which was not really a, a good farewell for her. But it wasn't meant to be a farewell. Whereas this clearly is the farewell, and it works like that. So I think... No, I'm going to disagree with you. I think this makes nah, sense. This one's garbage, because the last time... <laughs> you <laughs> just say that. You just say... No, you, no, 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 you, no. You like Doctor Who that you think is gritty... Whereas that Christmas special was lighthearted and fun for the family on Christmas. And you're like, no. Fuck having fun with family on Christmas. We need some murder up in here. No, because, like, don't forget, like, when, with the name of the Doctor, it gets revealed that, like, that River and the Doctor have, like, a psychic link with each other. Yes. And so he can see her hologram and stuff like this. That's why he kisses her. Yes. And he's like, God knows how that looks for everyone else. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, and there's also this fact that Rivers, she thinks that she's always there telling him what to do and supervising him. But the doctor's like, no, I know you've always been there. I've always heard you. I've always seen you. And that's when she, like, slaps him. I think that's just in that episode. It is. It is just that episode. But it's the idea that she's always been there because she thought she was always watching over him. She was there protecting him. When in reality, he was like, "I've, I've known you've always been there. And I just didn't want to talk about it because it was too painful. Uh, I'm going to have to watch it. You're going to have to rewatch it. Turns out that I'm the Supreme no, no, Doctor you're, Who you're guy. Still, you're Ugh. still wrong. Boo, 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 you're still boo, wrong. Boo, boo, boo. You're still wrong. You're still wrong. 
I don't think how any of that gets in the way of the Capella Capaldi episode of River Song. Yeah, it does. It garbage. does. It doesn't. It doesn't. Garbage. Um, Your face is garbage. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> um, but uh, with that said, uh, was there anything lastly that you wanted to talk about when it comes to either Doctor Who as a whole or even David Tennant specifically? Uh, anything that you wanted to make your argument about? Why or why David Tennant's at the top, or if he should be knocked down a couple of pegs, um, why we can't be friends, anything like that. <laughs> I didn't even know we were. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. I think, I mean, look, all right. So, as, as I thing, as much as we talk about Doctor Who as fans, the, the real thing about Doctor Who is actually it's a mass appeal program. So, it makes sense that David Tennant is at the number top. Because David Tennant was the doc, the, you know, the doctor when it was really, really popular uh, with the general public. Matt Smith was really, really popular on a global scale mm. leading up to the 50th anniversary, but in terms of, you know, as a domestic TV program, David Tennant was was the most popular doctor. So it makes sense that he's the cultural consciousness version of the doctor in the same way that people probably think that the classic series is entirely dominated by Tom Baker. Yeah, that's true. Actually, that's also, true. also the public opinion of Tom Baker is that Tom Baker's a funny doctor. Mm. You watch him, he's not. He's mean as fuck at times. <laughs> like, what, well, I can't remember the one. The one where, I think it's the one where they're doing the the time gem, the time Oh, cube. the key to time. Key to time. See, I'm the proper fan. Oh, fuck off. Um, so, I was remember watching that, that one. just the other day. Oh, really? Like, yeah, yeah, Because yeah. you remember when they go to the floating island that eats up the planets for gems? Oh, yes, yes. He blows it up at the very end. Like, th- that arc ends with him blowing up the planet. Well, I think there's plenty of, plenty of um, Doctor Who stories that involve the Doctor blowing things up at the end. Yeah. But he's... he's we, we we look at the photographs of Tom Baker in costume posing as a doctor and mm. you think, oh, he's quite kooky. You know, that's episodes. He's he's not acting kooky. Uh, he's, you know, the episodes are quite, quite... The episodes might be fun, but he takes it dreadfully seriously. Mm. I mean, this, well, this is why people enjoyed him as a doctor because, you know, you can have a monster dressed up in bubble wrap and he will take it seriously. Yeah. Um, you know, and every now and then he'll offer it a jelly bait. But that happens much less than you actually might think it does. It's it yeah, it became his catchphrase and later I, on. I think that's the same thing with David Tennant is people uh, remember David Tennant as the whimsy sort of doctor. And mm. they remember their emotional reaction. He had lots of emotional episodes. Mm. Rose's farewell was an emotional episode. It was. Human mm. nature is an emotional episode. Yeah. Uh, uh, him crying over John Sims' master is not yeah. only emotional but also completely slashable. It slashable, like making like you know homosexual fanfic about the Doctor and the oh, master. Oh, slashable. slashable! I've never heard slashable. slash fiction. Oh, right. That's, that's Sorry, the... I'm not cool and hip. With it, with all of the cool kids. Oh, we, just... we, we all knew that you weren't cool and hip as soon as you said, I'm not cool and hip and with it. <laughs> no, because... You I, old my... man. You I've old always, man. I've always heard it as um, just the shipping. why this is a podcast shipping. and not com- a com- entirely deliberate video series is because Mr. Mediocre does not want to show off his grey hair because he's an old man. Hey, don't hit me that walking stick. Leave me alone. Ow, ow, ow. Anyway. Don't get your pills, granddad. <laughs> but 
you know, and also, you know, the whole Catherine Tate thing is 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 emotional as well. And the end of time is emotional. It goes yeah, it on is. for ages, it but it's amazing. longer than Lord of the Rings. That film, I my favorite sad moment with David Tennant is when he was cast. Is for <laughs> I can actually go find a cane if you really want. No, 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 is the end of time when. After you know, after the master's gone, after Rassilon's gone, and he's like, "Oh, I'm I'm alive." Yes. And then the he gets the four knocks. Oh, that sounds brilliant. It's just the echo from me. Yeah, it's the that's that's really the reverb really cool. from the equipment and stuff. That's really really. Um, cool. We should make but, a Doctor Who theme based on this reverb and here. Da, 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 da. <laughs> um, but come on. But uh, it's to fuck off. But it's when he hears the knocking and yeah. he has that slow realization see, that the man he's trying to protect all this time is the one that ultimately this kills is, him. This is part of see. I loved David Tennant's Doctor, um, but I think it was the specials that that did it for me. I think because there was a publicity photo for the end of time. Uh, that had David Tennant and Matt Smith next to each other. Not in um not the picture of them on the TARDIS console together. Mm-hmm. But like a sort of, you know, photoshopped made up one of like David Tennant's face and yeah. Matt Smith's face. And David Tennant looks miserable. And Matt Smith looks really, really excited. Oh that half half yeah, one? Yeah, half one. Yes, I've seen that as well. And yeah. I saw and I I saw that and I, I must have seen it in Doctor Magazine or the internet or something. And I just thought I just want David to go away and stop being miserable so that we can actually have fun again. Like, this is, you know, I, um, I don't think the specials helped either, actually. They definitely made his character more gritty. I will say that. Because the first couple I think of... in terms of um, just sort of having, you know, a drought of Doctor Who. Because mm. at the time, if we put this in historical context, which is quite hard to do, but let's put it in historical context. Uh, 2009, which is the year of the specials, mm. uh, we had, we, we before then we had a thirteen episode series of Doctor Who, yeah, a thirteen episode series of Torchwood, also great, and a and a season of Sarah Jane Adventures, also great, but for kids, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you can't say season two of Torchwood is is also great. No, nah, season, season three two. is the best. In two thousand nine, we get, you know, four specials. Well, technically three specials because the other one is a New Year's Day yeah. special. Uh, we get our season of Sarah Jane Adventures still, but you know no one's watching that apart from kids, mm. and only five episodes of Torchwood. Yeah, because the so there was a massive re- reduction in in Doctor Who material then mm. in two thousand and nine, and so every episode of Doctor Who we got was analysed and devoured, and so what you end up yeah. getting you get Planet of the Dead, which is a lightweight Easter special, right that. It, which is filler, basically, it actually. Is. It doesn't yeah. really do anything. You can say, he will knock four times, could easily have been in the next Doctor. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Waters of Mars, which was... It stands out, actually. That one's good, especially the it, last, like, ten minutes. Last, that was really good. The last good. ten minutes is, is what it's known for, and then you've got the end of time. Uh, but they, and they happen quite close to each other. I mean, yeah. Waters of Mars was November, and then, of course, the end of time was Christmas and New Year's. So in terms of in terms of sort of... Uh, a desire and a frustration within the Doctor Who fandom community. 2009 was sort of the Anna Mm, Okay. But still, they, they were good, but yeah, I think they definitely put in their little Easter eggs to build up to the big one that was coming up. Uh, yeah, 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 but I'm, I'm glad he left. But I, you know, I think, wow. I think. <laughs> you're going to, 
You're going to diss my boy right in front of me? He's number one. It, it's number one. Cool. Right, well, Jodie Whittaker's number two then. This is Cool. We'll rip on number two then. Well, Fuck Jodie Whittaker. Do you want to say the, the and... poll results from the latest season? You know, yeah. yeah. Let's, 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 now I can talk about something we agree on. <laughs> <laughs> so, so. Um, favorite story for the 2020 season. So annoyed that they brought the master back. Oh, like disrespected I, Missy like that. How dare they? Oh, I mean, also bringing back the master is something you're doing. You're desperate. Yeah. It worked with <laughs> David Tennant because it, it was still fresh. None of the new well, people really understood. I think, I think, I mean, season one, the Daleks, season two, the Cybermen, of course, season three is the master. Yeah, you sort of have to do it. Also, the whole thing about you know the last of time was bringing back the master is yes, do mm. it. Missy worked well because Missy was different. Yeah, I yeah nah. This is oh see this latest series. Oh see now we're doing. <laughs> so so Russell T Davies, you know, yeah. and the time war and the destruction of Gallifrey and Stephen Moffat and the War Doctor secret past yeah. incarnation. So good. And then Chris Chibnall does lame remakes of both of those: the destruction of Gallifrey. And the oh, what a fucking insult! What a fucking insult! So fuck this Chibnall guy. Uh, I won't. I I'll. Is that out of eight? Um, I won't get you the guess because you won't remember any of. I these. don't <laughs> know any of their names. No. Um. So if but I'll 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 happily remind you of what they sure, are. Sure, go for it. So if you want to do numbers, do you want to do numbers again? So, sure. Number out of eight, you said eight. Number eight. Orphan 55. Of course. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. The fact that that made the top eight? Are you kidding me? No, no, this is all of them. Oh, thank fuck (laughs) that one's at the bottom. Thank (laughs) fuck. There's only eight. Do not pollute the earth. Blue, blue, blue. The thing is right. Okay, I think that episode is fascinating, and I'm really looking forward to rewatching it, because here's my theory. It's written by the same guy. It's written by... I can't remember his name now. Damn it. Um, but it's written by the same person that in the Jodie Whittaker's first season mm. wrote the Norway episode with that blind girl and that mirror oh, universe. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I wish I could remember his name, damn it. Uh, clearly, what I, what I imagine is he's he's watched the latest three seasons of Doctor Who to work out what Doctor Who actually is. And he goes, all right, okay, some sort of contemporary twisted fairy tale <laughs> about coming of age with some sort of sci-fi element to it. So, you know, his mirror universe is basically a, a parallel universe. And he's got a great moment with the Doctor lying, because we're all number one, Doctor lies, right? Where the Jodie Whittaker Doctor, in like the f- most interesting thing she's ever done, draws that message on the, the wall saying mm. her father is dead, uh, you know, and she lies to the blind girl and says, I've just drawn a map. So that brilliant, brilliant story. And so he's done that, he's done that, which is one of the best episodes of her first season. It is interesting twist. I'll say he, that much. He needed a um, and the villain as well is a villain that actually works with Jodie Whittaker's sort of pacifism. Yeah. So he needed a showrunner to help him maybe fine tune it a bit more. Mm. And Chris Chibnall's clearly not that person, but he's obviously looked at what Doctor Who has been and goes right. Okay, this is clearly what it is. Then he's actually watched Jodie Whittaker's season, and he goes, "Oh, okay, I get it now. What you really want is a small group of characters." That are forgettable, with like <laughs> ridiculous quirky things that make them forgettable, and you want them to uh, walk over a desolate planet for most of the episode, like what Chris Rudman did in the Ghost Mon- Monument one, yeah, and the finale, yeah. uh, even on the spaceship with that little the, uh, stitch, pating. yeah, the pating, yeah. So he's gone. All right, clearly what you want 
is is that. So he's taken a really interesting Doctor Who idea, which is you know sort of this this um well you know, the idea that we're on a future Earth is an interesting idea. But that fucks around again <laughs> with the law. Oh uh, yes, because yeah. you can't. The, the Doctor has. What always did you just call thing. me? The Doctor always has this thing of you can't go back and rewrite time and rewrite history, right? The, the Doctor breaks that rule all the fucking time. But Matt Smith's favourite quote being, time can be rewritten. But You've that, chosen the that, wrong that, fandom oh, to add off, laws Tom. to. That one, that particular one is, it's Earth. It is planet Earth in the future if you well, do not take no, care of it. No, it is it's like a potential future. No, it's Earth. They yeah, say it's it Earth, is Earth. But it is a potential future. But because they've witnessed it, it is now set in stone, no, which is what not. the Matt Smith thing was. No, it's that's yes, yes. With the <laughs> the angels in Manhattan, is if he oh, reads yes, it, yes. it has to read happen. It, it has to happen. And it's same as like if you're literally on a futuristic Earth and is completely destroyed, you cannot go back in time and change that. You're uh, not allowed to. I'm not going to get involved in it. How does time travel work in Doctor? Because the answer is it clearly it doesn't. Clearly it doesn't because even the fucking showrunners are like, oh, we'll just rewrite it in the next season. But I don't have a problem with that. I, I know, do. You, I, know I you, do. No, I, know I do, do. And that's all that matters, Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I like the idea that um uh what what you know in terms of what's important to Doctor Who writers is it a the story or b continuity. They always go for a the story. Yeah. Uh, I think that that makes Doctor Who a better show than things like Star Trek and Babylon Five and things like that. Yeah, that's fighting true. words, I know. But mm. yeah, um, well, uh, we have We've sort got of seven more. <laughs> Shall we do this quickly? <laughs> Fine, be real quick with this. Well, this is really, really quick. All right, all right, all right. Number seven. Do you want to do it? Number seven. Number seven. Praxius. I don't remember that one. That was a plastic one. Ah. Uh, number six. Can you hear me? That was the one with the uh, mental illness. Number five. <laughs> that one's actually my favourite. I don't I'm remember. Really it. Disappointed I'm really it. Number yeah. five is Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror. Oh, that one was okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Number four. If David Tennant was in it, you'd be like, that's the best celebrity historical. Act. No, because it got weird with spider people and it was like, oh, we only want you oh, for and your if, technology. If, if David and Tennant's aliens weren't just weird alien, uh, alien animals. Number four, Thomas. The Haunting of Villa Diodati. That was the Mary Shelley one. You're not really Oh, yes, of yes. No, no, I remember that one. That's with the, the lone cyber person. Yeah. Yes. Uh, number three. Ascension of the Cybermen slash the Timeless Children. Ugh. That one can just go in the bin. Uh, number two. Spyfall. Ah, uh, that one's even worse. <laughs> no, what the fuck is number one then? Fugitive of the Jadoon. That was the... Oh, that was the... Oh, no, that's the start of all of this bullshit about <laughs> how the Doctor is like this immortal respawning blah, blah, blah. Yeah, mind yeah, yeah. Wiped. Super Jesus, yeah. 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 So, super Jesus. You know what? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, super yeah, Jesus. Yeah. I like Super Jesus. All right. Um, well, thank you for having this chat with me today, Thomas, talking it's about... It's been, been delightful David to, to, to and disagree with you. I... <laughs> Ah, I wouldn't have it any other way. And uh, we'll be sure to pick up our talks about Doctor Who as a whole in general sometime uh, later on in the future. But thank you very much for joining me on this first episode of Casual Conversations hosted by a media hoax. What? Wow, what was it? Casual Conversations hosted by a media hoax. I don't even know my fucking name right now. when we talk about Jodie Whittaker's seasons of Doctor Who, we just go like, <laughs> just, just, just fuck words. <laughs> just what? Yeah. 
Uh, yes, thank you very much. Uh, be sure to do all of the normal social media things like this. Follow us. Uh, Please whatever. like and subscribe. And uh, we'll be sure to stick around for the next one. Thank Leave you. See you later. See ya. Hi, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you'd like to keep up to date with all future shows, be sure to like this video and subscribe to the channel. And while you're at it, why don't you follow our social media accounts so you know when the next video is going to be live and any behind-the-scenes stuff. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at MrMediocreAU. And again, thank you very much for listening, and I can't wait to have you for the next one. Bye.